0: SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Ever wondered why it's so difficult to change some of our stickier habits, even when we know these habits are bad for us? Good news is our lack of resolve has little to do with flagging willpower and lots to do with flawed brain wiring. Well, here to help us understand that is author and leading pioneer in the field of emotional intelligence, Steph Vermeulen. Hello, Steph.
1: Hi Sada, how are you today? Wonderful to talk to you again. And thank you, it is indeed a great pleasure, thank you.
0: So what are we talking about when we talk about brain wiring?
1: He, uh, lots, of, uh, lots of science at the moment and, and the scientific kind of investigation into the brain is getting more and more interesting by the minute and one of the things that we know is that our brains literally are it's, uh, the, the analogy that's used, uh, our brains are actually wired up via what's called or known as Hebb's law and that is brain cells that fire together or brain cells that connect which is about thoughts would connect brain cells, brain cells that fire together wire together and that leads us to come to all manner of conclusions that we have thought these things for so long that we actually believe them to be true when in fact they were just conclusions that we came to because those, those thoughts connected. Now all of those things lead us into the habits that we have. So the, the brain lacks the, 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 the shortcut way of doing things. And because it's a, a big energy thief is our brain. So anything that it can do to minimize the use of resources, it will do so. So when the, the, the brain is being wired up, we, we, or the brain lacks habits is, is what I'm saying. And anything that we do repeatedly or anything that we think repeatedly will become a habit.
0: So firstly, am I my brain, Steph?
1: that. It's a good question. It's a question that's being asked constantly at the moment. Mostly our lives and our personalities and our behavior is actually about that we're not our brain. We are our brain wiring. Now our brain wiring or our brain is primarily wired through conditioning or social conditioning. Mm -hmm. So if you were born to the same parents genetically, you would be the same person genetically but if you were raised in Outer Mongolia, obviously your brain would be wired up completely differently to having been raised in South Africa or as a South African. Mm. So we think that culture and we think that all the things that we inherit, even religious beliefs or not having religious beliefs, everything about who we think we are as males, who we think we are as females, what we think about other genders, what we think about the difference between genders, what we think about everything to do with our lives, all has actually been programmed in. So there's not much in our brains that actually is us originally unless we're very conscious or mindful of that brain wiring and mindful of that our behavior is something that we learned rather than something that we actually comes from us genetically. Very little is is now um, accepted by scientists as being purely genetic. Most of everything that we do think, say, believe, all of that has to do with how our brains have been wired.
0: That's a dangerous thing to understand.
1: I find it a very exciting thing to understand because it makes change possible. Lots of beliefs that we have held from the past that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, you can, because the brain is what, what's known as a very plastic structure. So it's very moldable, and it's moldable primarily by our thoughts and experiences. So it means that we're a lot more flexible than we think we are, and we can we can actually change. Our resistance to change is something that we've been made to be fearful about, and I often use the example of Alvin Toffler wrote Future Shock, the book Future Shock, in the early 19 19- Seventies, and he was talking about life as we know it today in terms of the, the technologically driven life. Mm. Now then, everybody went, "Oh goodness me, we're going to become less than human." But we're all coping. We've all adopted technology, and you know, most people, or what we call in, in Johannesburg, your chattering earring, most people wouldn't be without their cell phone, for example. <laughs> so our lives have changed dramatically, but uh, and and there's nothing to be afraid of. Nobody's afraid of an iPad, or, or very few people would. Be be afraid of of that kind of technology so i think we've been made to fear change and rather than actually adopt it and embrace change which is what our brain needs to keep well the brain likes newness the brain likes new thinking the brain likes new stimulation it doesn't like to be stuck in the mud going oh no i'm just going to stay where i am in my Mm -hmm. uncomfortable comfort comfort Mm -hmm. zone so it's it's can be seen to be very exciting and it also means that we're not as solid perhaps as we thought we were in terms of this is me and because of that we can change the habits that we choose to change there'll be the core of us because that brain wiring that set down the foundation that core will run through but it's the behaviors that don't work for us that we can actually those habits can change and reasonably easily it's not going to happen overnight. And there's lots of, of nonsense spoken about It takes 21 days to, to change a habit That's mm-hmm. such a nonsense mm-hmm. And that rubbish was in, invented you know, some time ago But lots of people believe it It's one of the myths of that we have about habits It takes as long as it takes and if you keep doing the new thing, that too will become a habit. So lots of people want to change, let's say, their eating habits. And, you know, if every time that your brain sends a, a, or your, you receive a message in your brain to say, you know, feed me, feed me, then people go, oh, you know, I must go and get some junk food. Now, <clears throat> just changing that... In the process of changing that, we have to think about what we're doing. So the brain gets a bit uncomfortable around that sort of change because it has to work harder. Mm. So the old was is just a habit. But if your choice then is to eat, you know, lots more rabbit food, as people like to call it, (laughs) that if your choice is to do so, then in about six months' time it will get easier, in a year's time it will get easier, and there will be a time where you actually don't want the junk food any longer because you're actually not in the habit of eating it. So it takes time because it takes repetition to change our habits, but all of our habits can actually be changed.
0: But Stephanie, this is very important for me when it comes to intelligence and education. Yes. How do we make sure that nobody sees themselves as stupid yes. or um, you know, unable to comprehend yes. an idea or a concept? Yes. How do we start training our young ones especially?
1: I think that's where technology can help us because I believe that the education system needs an overhaul worldwide. And if we look at what the education system is and what it actually was intended to do, it was intended to produce obedient little robots that then businesses could control. Mm -hmm. Now, today we actually in business, we're asking people to think and we're asking people to innovate and we're asking people to be creative. So obedience no longer has a place at all. And therefore, the school system is run by the kinds of disciplines where you need to be neat. Why does anyone need to be neat, for example? <laughs> and particularly girls, but were, we're made to be neat. That's just a meme. That's social conditioning. So, technology today can actually do a big job in terms of educating because everybody can now receive an education, whether that is about hard topics like, you know, the, the science and, and math and uh, all and, or, or those sorts of disciplines or the, the self help processes like emotional intelligence or you know subject of my new book personal intelligence for example so we can learn all of these things from our cell phone nowadays and it's just a matter of actually getting those programs out so the children are actually learning that there isn't one form of intelligence that we're teaching at school which is IQ that's only one form of now eight four different forms of intelligence because they were originally hard gardener I developed seven forms of intelligence and then that Natural intelligence was was added for people who have the intelligence of being able to live and survive off the land, Mm. which many, many people in the world do so. So we can educate children differently by not even having to go through the formal route. Because as soon as we put one, you know, 30 children in a class and we go, you're number one and you're number 29, and oh dear, sorry, you're a bit of a dunce, you're number 30. (laughs) That child, even if, you know, you do all the self-esteem program, which is also not that healthy these days, It's, Mm. it's, it's now being found. But even if you do all of that, that child's experience every single day is, I'm not as smart as the person who's number one in the class Mm. so just that experience and marking children and and having them graded in terms of exams exams just really teach us to regurgitate information Mm. now we used to have to have a a very good functioning memory of all the facts that we learned because we didn't have an ipad then we didn't have access to all of the world's store of information Mm. more importantly now is not Retaining information necessarily, because we can access that more importantly is being able to work with that information. so how do we take all of this information and create something new that can solve some of the problems in the world now that could be project driven it could be interest driven it could be when, you know, when when kids are doing that kind of thing they 're having fun, and when they 're having fun they 're learning a lot more than when they 're sitting behind a you know, brown school desk being graded or anxious about an exam, for example mm-hmm. so the the whole process of rearing little minds is, is something that is being currently is, is currently being looked at and people are finding that they have much more success in doing things differently other than the disciplinarian way that we learned you were either a good obedient child and you did well and then you believed you were clever or you probably were like me and and you know were highly rebellious and resisted the system completely <laughs> I can imagine what the, the kind of young person you were yeah <laughs> and so that in itself then teaches you different things about life. So even we know from emotional intelligence that early thinking started on looking at what it is that actually produces success in adults. And the one thing they knew very early on was that school results were a very poor predictor of success. So girls and boys who came first in class and did all the prefect stuff and the head girl, head boy, etc., were unlikely to make a name for themselves afterwards, not because school had damaged them in any particular way, mm. but because they believed that that's what it took because they were told never lied to that that's what it took then they go out into the big wide world and go hang on a sec doesn't work like that at all mm-hmm. so often it is the rebels and the people who actually looked like you know oh that one's never going to make anything of their life in in their day those are often the ones who actually learned to be much more resilient and not rely on obedience and to question the system and all the things that would have deemed you a rebel then and still in many many instances today the same thing would be happening so So we need to change people's thinking about how we raise little minds and because literally the the brain is we now know that the, from science that the brain is a whole lot of cells that through experience specialize so with repetition is what experience is then our cells start to specialize into the different areas but those cells can can if some cells get damaged the other cells will pick up the call because all the brain is doing is reading patterns and trying to make sense of patterns all mm. the time so if the pattern is that you know is, is exciting, and my life is exciting, but it doesn't matter whether, you know, I can't do maths, because I'm actually very good at this, I'm very good at language or I'm very good at exploration, I'm re- re- really good at inventing, or so we've all got some of those, or, or forms of intelligence, some of which we have actually specialised in more than others and it doesn't matter, doesn't matter which it is, because all of these things are necessary in our world.
0: So, Stephanie we've been socialised to to, to do and respond to the things that we respond to positively or negatively. Yes. You made a, you made a suggestion earlier that we can change our bad habits but rewiring our minds and getting yes. it excited again.
1: Yes. What
0: point of reference do we have?
1: To, <laughs> to Usually newness will do that. So Something that we find inspiring, our brain will automatically light up to things like that. So if somebody is down in the dumps, let's say, and they're feeling bad about themselves, etc., if they start to think about things that they enjoy doing, like doing, find inspiring, and and start exploring those fields and start, if they can, do something about it, um, then the brain will automatically light up and and almost come alive again Mm. because that's what the brain does. It responds very well to newness and if the, you know, it doesn't take lots for us to get our brains the brain cells all, all fired up again but it does take doing something new if we keep doing the same thing over and over again we're obviously going to be producing the same chemical reaction in our brain and nothing will change so people who spend too much time feeling sorry for themselves, often those people will be labeled depressed, for example. Mm. And that depression, the problem with depression is it makes you feel like doing nothing. So sometimes you just have to force yourself and sometimes forcing yourself to get up and just go for a short walk, that will help, for example, because exercise, the brain likes exercise and brain chemicals like exercise and it produces feel-good chemicals. Mm. But sometimes it will often for depressed people that's the last thing they feel like doing so (coughs) you don't have to (coughs) excuse me go and Mm -hmm. run a marathon all you have to do is maybe walk around the block and just see things with a new perspective and to force yourself to do that every day. After a short while, the the brain starts going, ah, we like this because the brain follows what feels good, which is why we get so many and so many, so much variation in the soft addictions that we have as human beings. Even things like checking emails has become a soft addiction or social media has yes. become a soft addiction yes. because when we do so and we get a message some kind of message that that we like the brain notices that and a pattern starts to develop so the things that people think are you know the things that are bad for them are just habits that we've gotten into because the brain follows what feel, what feels good. We think that the brain is extremely rational, but it's not. It literally follows what feels good for us. So if you do something often enough that feels good, that will become a new habit. Sometimes that habit is good for you, and sometimes that habit is not.
0: You know when when I started the show, I read I read a quote by Anne Lamarche that says, "My mind is a bad neighborhood. I try never to go there alone <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and and while one, one is training to wire your brain or rewire your brain." Do you do it on your own or do you need someone to hold your hand
1: it? It depends on the severity of let's say if you have a condition like depression or if you have something that is something, some really bad experiences happen to you then I would always recommend that you actually do it in, if you can afford therapy, if you can't, there are agencies like the Family Life Centers for example, that would help you if you can't afford a private therapist. It sometimes makes it a lot easier to have somebody with you because they're seeing things that we don't see. We, if we're in if we've got habits etc we're not seeing the other side because we're too busy living in that neighborhood that we don't like to be mm-hmm. in or don't like to be in alone. Yeah. But there's lots of mindful practices. Mindfulness is the, 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 the sort of the, the big new old thing. And I say the big new old thing because it's a Buddhist practice that's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's a new thing in the Western world and that is to become self-observant so, to not self obsessed or you know self involved but just self observant and to ask questions, I wonder why I did that. I wonder where that thought came from. Mm. So to constantly be observant of what you're doing and what is happening without becoming obsessed about it. So it's just if something happens, go, instead of going, oh that's what stupid, why did I do that? It's just go, that's interesting. I wonder why I did that, or thought that, or what drove me to, what motivated me to do that. And in that way, we can then look at our brain wiring with far more more dispassionately, rather than this is me, I'm a bad person. It's not that at all. It's this is my brain wiring, and if we can go, okay. Okay, well it's not me, it's my brain or it's my brain wiring and then how what do I want how would I like to change that? Mm. So then we look at all right now when that happens again this is what I'm going to do. And then to keep often in retrospect we go, Oh it happened again but I didn't do that. We go, Okay, well maybe if I just even mentally rehearse doing that. Because the interesting thing with mental rehearsal is if you practice something in your mind, you are also creating brain cells that connect or neurons that connect to each other. Now visualizing and all of that's part of all the the, the bankum that I you know, the sort of that you can use mind to attract a new Ferrari. So yes, you yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's just all. Oh, I was hoping thing. to do it. We like the sound of it because it makes us believe we've got some semblance of control. We don't.
0: So you don't think vision boards work?
1: No. <laughs> 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 they don't.
0: Definitely. <laughs> <Stephanie? laughs> You've just you've just killed so many dreams of.
1: I know, I know. I'm sorry, but it's far better to deal in the realms of reality <laughs> than to the the be, all those beliefs make us believe that we have some control, and we really don't have any control over anything else except ourselves. Do we you can't know? control other people. We can't control the universe. We can't. There's no big dispenser in the in the sky, going. Oh, you wanted a Rolex? There we go. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness.
0: Now we need to have another conversation
1: about, oh, about that. that. We do. Yes, we have one. <laughs> But now, tell
0: me what you do with that noise that is consistently in your head that tells you, um, you know, it gives you your usual uh, messages that you yes. don't del- that you've had in your head yes. that your brain has been used to all along. Yes. You're trying to rewire, and they keep on coming up. Yes. You know, it's like your second voice.
1: Yes, and there's lots of voices in our head. People think if you talk to yourself, you know, it's a sign of madness. Well, it's not because there's plenty of voices in our head. <laughs> now sometimes those voices can be of parents, teachers, people who were judgmental either positively or negatively hold on to the good voices the ones that saying you're doing well you're doing best you can whatever it might be ah. and the other ones you can say actually I learned that that was wired into me <laughs> it's nothing to do with me because when we are little we have no control whatsoever on how our brain is being wired mm. we're passive recipients of what other people say about us, how they treat us, how they deal with us, what happens to us, we're just passive recipients of that. Now, we don't have to believe every single thought that roams through our brains they 're not ours, most of them are not ours at all, and that 's why I believe if we look at things dispassionately, we go it 's not me that was wired into me that thought. Mm. because most are very little is, is, is us ourselves coming to those conclusions so if you look at at two bright children, for example, the one will get lots of accolades, and you know will get to, all the school reports will be shown to all in sundry and put on facebook and, and everybody' yeah. is very proud that you know the, the school prize goes to Blah, blah, blah. Another kid raised by, uh, by parents says, this kid might be smarter than his parents. It often happens. And that kid gets told, why do you have to question everything? Why do you mm-hmm. behave like this? You know, the teacher says that you don't listen and you, you don't agree. So this is what you do. And you're nobody likes a smart ass. What's wrong with you? Stephanie, hold that thought, please. Okay. Hold
0: that thought. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're taking news headlines with Othelia Sako after this. On tonight's SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb Bulls, bears, stocks, markets and trends Understanding market terms 101 Tune in between 6 and 6.30pm To find out more about all the market terms Analysts issues on a daily basis With market expert and founder of Just One Lab, Simon Brown That's tonight on the Market Update with MoneyWeb Only on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, putting the ladies in the limelight. Putting the ladies in the limelight. I'm in conversation with Stephanie Vermeulen, who is a leading pioneer in the emotional intelligence field, and we're talking about um, those little voices that keep coming up in your head, even when you don't want them. And these two little children, Stephanie, the one that is being told to sit down and not ask too many questions, Okay. Um, Stephanie is, is not with me. I'm not too sure what has happened, but uh, just after we talk to her, we're finding our guests as in when they come in, but we'll be talking to Brita Fantagen. Uh, she's a Black Belt NIA teacher and trainer, and she's going to talk to us about NIA for kids and uh, invite you to a workshop that is, is, is happening. And... Uh, Then we're still trying to find our other guest, and hopefully Lizzie, where Njengulana, is is, is able to talk to us. But Stephanie, we're talking about those two young children.
1: So the one kid that got all the accolades will learn that their intelligence or their IQ is an asset. So that child is likely to grow up and feel quite confident about voicing his or her opinion. The other child may learn that actually I get hammered whenever I actually use my intelligence. Mm -hmm. It's actually something that I get punished for. And, and you know, I'm, I'm now hearing that it's not a good thing. No one likes people like that. So that child could well grow up to feel quite introverted Mm -hmm. and instead of putting forward their opinion or questioning or uh, that child may actually become quite inhibited about putting his or her opinions forward. So... If we look at these two children, neither had any say in what happened to them at all. Okay. Now, it's also with children, if we falsely boost their self-esteem, which we've just mentioned a, a little bit earlier, that children know when, the, when it's false and when it's real, because they pick up, they've got a radar for all of our non so when we're boosting them falsely, they're wondering what's wrong here, something's not quite right. And if we keep boosting children's self-esteem for no reason, then they don't trust it any longer. So it, it also can be producing the, the, the kind of narcissism that, that we, we've chatted about before. Mm. So it's not that you have to be really careful in terms of, of children and what is said around them because they, they're going out into the big bad world anyway. they're going to hear a lot of stuff as children. But but we can also help them to get to know themselves and get to like the good things about themselves. So if it's if it's intelligence, etc., is in, instead of you know putting the child down or whatever. Start becoming fascinated by the child's ideas and says school systems may not like this or may not. So just with a teacher, you know how it goes at school. So we make it easier for them without them emerging from these awful systems called school that well, I, be, I believe they're awful systems <laughs> and emerging as damaged individuals. So we can rescue all the things that happen to children by reinterpreting it for them, because there isn't only one interpretation. Uh, So the same thing is when we talk about children's future in this country, for example. Lots of children of of my my kind of ilk have been wired to believe that they have no future Mm -hmm. in this country, which is not true at all. And so all of these views and, and things that are now culminating in, I was just listening to the news, the mass action, this, mm. you know, this world mm. is all aimed at rewiring people's kind of their ideas of what's happening. Mm. So all the things that we do and all the things that we say, if we talk about children in, in their earshot, then what are we actually saying? Are we saying, oh, you know, it's such a problem or this or that or, and why? We're saying, okay, you know, there's, this child has challenges in that area, but actually the, what this child does is in this, these other areas is really good because we're not going to be good at everything and nor our children. So it's allowing children to get to know themselves and then to follow where their energy flows. Mm. So if they're showing enthusiasm or really tackling something with a great deal of energy, we go, you know, when you do that, you've got lots of energy. I notice when you do this, you have none. Sometimes in life, we just have to do a bit of that that you don't like, but, you know, not too much, and then to concentrate on what you do or what inspires one, which then links back to what we were talking about, any form of newness. For adults or children, is what gets our brain fired up.
0: Now, I want to know the relationship between our emotions and our brain.
1: Yes, our emotions, we now know that our, or, or that uh, medicine and science is teaching us that our emotions literally run the traffic between our brain and our body. And they do so in the system of the the messengers are actually what we call hormones. And hormones are the same chemical makeup as brain chemicals, but they're they're just messengers that run between the, the brain and the body. Now, our emotions are telling us about overall in a very broad sense about our well-being which is our mental, emotional, everything that's happening in our lives so if I'm unhappy then those chemical messengers are running differently from if I'm happy and so my body will also be functioning differently because if the chemical messengers aren't running as as, as if the traffic is is flowing smoothly Mm. when that's not happening then I'm not even getting the blood flow to the various organs Mm -hmm. etc. So it has multiple effects on our physical system, and which is often why if we're very stressed, we'll get ill. It's our body going, "Uh uh-uh, no more. It's enough already. So our emotions constantly give us feedback about our well-being. And in the back of of my books, uh, particularly the, the new personal intelligence book, there's an emotional dictionary, and that dictionary is aimed to decode Uh, what our messages are telling us. We need to learn the language of our emotions. Mm. Now, it's not very complicated. It's a very, it's a simple language. And if we, if you don't have the book, then just start working on happy or unhappy. When we're unhappy, something is wrong in my life. Blaming other people for it is not going to change anything. So I need to change what is happening. Perhaps I need to change how I'm responding to you. So if, if, for example, people who are people-pleasers, they don't have enough boundaries, and so they're always trying to please and often will attract abusive relationships one way or the other, Mm -hmm. abusive bosses and and the bullies that we previously had had talked about. So if I have no boundaries, then I'm going to leave this relationship if I'm blaming you for being so awful and, and you know the abuse or whatever it might be. I'm going to go straight into the next one and I'm going to attract a similar type of person who's found me because abusers like people pleasers. So in that regard, I'm not attracting as in this law of attraction nonsense. I'm actually out there saying, I'm a people pleaser and abusers will find you. So what I need to do if I'm unhappy in that relationship is learn to start putting boundaries in. And boundaries are just about, this is what I'll tolerate, that's what I won't tolerate. And we've all got different boundaries about different things.
0: Well, Steph, i tell you what, we, you and I can talk for hours. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because there's so much, we segue from one to the other. And I think what we're talking about now is important, which means you are going to come back and talk to me about that.
1: I would be delighted. And
0: boundaries. But in the meantime, we're directing everyone to your website.
1: Wonderful. My website is uh, www.eqsa.co.za. And a lot of what I've spoken about is on my blogs. These various blogs are written, and a lot of those are posted on the website, so people can get a lot of information from the website too.
0: Very interesting. Thank you so much for your time, so, today Thank
1: you so much. I really appreciate you it. You take care. And you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: It's www.eqsa.co.za. And, you know, um, if, if you want to get Steph to talk about wiring and or at your next conference, um, you may contact her on her website as well. When we come back, uh, my next guest.